It was about four four months before pandemic was declared when we started. It's like travel lockdown, so that means no purchases, except it put people in lockdown and they realized, hey, I've been living without insurance. I go on these trips without insurance, and now there's a pandemic. I should get global health insurance instead of insurance for a trip. Because people who are living on travel insurance as a long-term lifestyle solution, which that product was never designed for more than a short trip. Welcome to MGA Founders Podcast with Socotra CEO, Dan Woods. Tune in each episode to hear Dan chat with innovative MGA founders to learn their stories, their challenges, and their visions. And now our host, Dan Woods. Andrew Jernigan is the CEO of Insured Nomads. Insured Nomads' mission is to make it as safe to travel as it is to be at home. Andrew, good to have you here. Great to so be here it's with a- you. Yeah. So it's a it's a really cool mission that you've got there. I'm kind of curious to unpack it a little bit for the for the listeners. I mean, obviously we're talking travel insurance, but um just give us a little bit more about that mission. Well, thanks. It's a real pleasure to be on the show with you. Insured Nomads is truly working to make your travel as safe and smart as staying at home, like you said. And that is the long-term expat, that country manager. Uh, for in Singapore, that's from Spain, you name it. Those that are on their vacation trip, their work from anywhere. And the story behind it is I got that bug about 25 years ago. And I was sitting in Amsterdam outside the Virgin Megastore with my moleskin journal just saying, okay, there's no country I don't want to visit now. I got the bug, said, I want to be free to work and live where I choose. And that was before the term digital nomad came around. I was living the expat lifestyle as as it was known at the time and ended up about a year yep. and a half later marrying a travel med doc. Sure, she wasn't a mm. travel med doc at the time. She had specialized in pediatrics and then later University of Liverpool specialized in global health and got her MBA after that, all that. So it, that put us on the global health uh, track to live and work around the world, five continents. and eventually that put me into insurance. I'll get there in a few minutes. All right. Which continents were missing? <laughs> Unless you're in, uh, in Antarctica, <laughs> that's probably one of them. Nope. That is, you hit that one right on the head. It's, okay. it's not at the top of, of my list. Right. It, it's not at the top of my list. You can't put more clothes on, really. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still going to be cold. But um, yeah. yeah, so it's it's been an adventure living around the world, single, married, then raising three kids around the world and seeing that global health insurance and travel insurance really haven't changed much in the 20 years we had Hmm. you know the the wonderful legacy plan that still exists up until this year uh from Aetna international for for expats paid roughly about Mm sixty thousand dollars in premium we had one claim for five thousand bucks birth of our second child and our out-of-pocket was 3000 So we still paid more than they did hmm. on that claim. They made some money off of us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So what, um, let's see, so much to unpack there. Sounds like you um, you discovered the need yourself. And let me ask this, before you were doing that, what, what were you doing before insurance? I mean, obviously, you saw a problem here, they'd be fixed. But what were you up to before that? 
Right. I actually married my wife knowing she wanted to practice medicine in an African country. It took us a few years to get there, okay. to find the right place, the right uh, job situation. And so she came in as a medical director at a clinic mm-hmm. and I was the administrator. We built it up to a hospital status before we left after about four years in Ghana. And uh, oh, wow. so that's that was what I was up to. Healthcare administration straight out of undergrad in the US. Mm-hmm. That's where I met her as uh, she was finishing up med school and realized I had jumped into the life of someone who wanted to live cross-culturally, raise our kids around the world. We knew that before we had kids. So hmm. the after life in Ghana, I had seen way too many things happen. I went into insurance. Hmm. I said, okay, I can I can do better. I can protect people. So I got contracted with about 25 of the global providers to serve this cross-border population, uh, selling group plans with the likes of Cigna and and the other giants in the industry, from the short-term travel to the business travel accident, kidnap and ransom, to comprehensive health insurance. And after a number of years of that and getting on the technology side for crisis response, Put together a team in 2019, not knowing that just around the corner in 20, we'd have a pandemic declared. But in 2019, put together a team of folks to start insured nomads, to build out plans, find the capacity partners, and bring a better battleship into the the arena. Very cool. So that's a pretty broad vision you've got there. I mean, so many aspects. And you you mentioned several products there in passing. I kind of want to unpack that so we understand what all we're talking about. And um, if you don't mind, let's do it this way. What did you start with? What was the what was the first product? And then how that tie into the vision? And we'll get into capacity marketing and all that later. But what was the single start? Well, the challenge was to build. So we started with a beta product, just brokering a product. So we didn't have a website saying, coming soon. Who wants to contract with us? Who wants to even listen Mm -hmm. to us if we just have a website saying, eventually we're going to have products. So we had a, we could contract uh, producers, agents, distributors with a beta product and just on the broker model. And Mm -hmm. while we were building out, we, Uh, did the same on the global health side, did a private label product through a British provider. Mm -hmm. And then once we did design the policy that we thought the world needed with the tech stack that we had developed, Mm -hmm. we transferred over into our our product that uh, travel launched on December the 24th of 2021. So six months ago now. And January 1st, got product of the day on Product Hunt. That was one of those nice accolades that was the social proof. Uh, Last month, we went live with our global health product. Congratulations. So that is, thank you. That's in. And that would have been May. As we're recording here in June, we'll probably release in Uh, July and August. Yes. So in May of of 2022, we went live with our regional and global plans, uh, which is in in high demand by those long-term uh, remote worker, digital expat, uh, digital nomad, expat, and mm-hmm. integration through our APIs with global payroll companies and uh, 
on our travel product, we have a deal in the works right now with telecom that is mm -hmm. uh, taking it to hundreds telecom. of thousands. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how much you could say about that if it's in the works, but um, right. I know firsthand for some of these places, I also spent a good amount of time in Africa and telecom just rules. It does. They, they, they just all, I mean, they're your banks. That's where people send money. I mean, Impasa right. in, in Kenya is like, I don't know, 40% of GDP or something goes through it. I haven't checked the stat in a few years. Yes. And the African market actually is, is a passionate uh, priority of ours because there's so much global mobility incoming and mm -hmm. outgoing, but yet it's not one of the targets for many of the, many of the providers. Yeah. So you said you started um, kind of the um, as a broker, really, which is what which is you know a common way mm -hmm. to get going. And then did that allow you? I was saying earlier, which product do you start with? But if you're a broker, you could probably start you you're probably selling a whole suite from the beginning. Um, well, we we stayed rather focused with two products: a travel product okay, and products. a global global health product. Uh, two different okay. two different white label partners, and then we moved into our, the products that we built. And okay. shifting into an MGA model and started mm -hmm. off with a digital MGA in Germany and then have grown from there and adding in other lines next, uh, this, this summer, U.S. summer. Uh, so okay. it's, it's growing quickly. Traction is building. And I think we, I got word that we have six new integration, embedded integration partners this week. Oh, wow. And then, um, okay, so you started as a you know, broker selling some existing white label products. What was your what was your distribution hook? How did you get, why would people buy from you as opposed to something else? There, there, you must have a, um, uh, an experience or a distribution channel or something. How did you think about that? You know, we're in a segment that really hasn't changed in the last 20 years. Travel yeah. has stayed the same. Travel policies have stayed the same. There, that PDF attached to an email that everyone dreads. Global health mm -hmm. insurance, quite similar. The schedule of benefits is the same. Whether you're looking at Geo Blue, Cigna Global, MetLife Expat, it's the same policy, and really no changes, no tech enablements. And so, taking this to the brokers, they're saying, "Finally, our job isn't boring. We get to present something besides yeah. the same schedule of benefits with a different logo." And so that is what was the first draw. But the second is that our team has the industry clout. They're the, yeah. you know, the thought leaders within the space to bring the, the names that everyone rec recognizes dealing with the multinational companies to say, okay, we'll consider these products you've built. And of course, okay. being on a rated paper, whether it's Standard and Poor, Mitch, uh, the, Fitch and AM Best, et cetera. Ratings are great. The technology yeah. we've paired with it, outstanding. Okay. And then are you selling to um, small, medium-sized enterprise, I assume, is your target? or? Um, yeah, the target is is probably the company that has 20 or less employees Okay, so that are on small. international assignment. International assignment. Yep. So that's probably about a $10,000 a year premium. For those mm -hmm. those folks for global health insurance and then for on the travel side it's it ranges from hundreds of thousands of travelers a year to to the direct to consumer on our website since our platform is it's easy to go either okay way. okay 
Well, how do you think about that then? Because that's that's two different distribution strategies if you're selling to the individual versus the enterprise. Yes. And, and, and what, what's the split that you foresee? You know, 85% probably B2B, B2B2C. Okay. But in the end, it's it's one person you're insuring. So when they look at it, when someone looks at our site, they think, oh, you're all direct to consumer. No, but uh, the insured looking at it is seeing it through their eyes, their filter. They're not looking at it as, as oh, I got this through a group. I They're see. seeing it as, this is my insurance. Yes. You have an interface for the administrator. Mm-hmm. But the... And then you've got the, one for the individual. Right. The overall view, though, we've got to see the person as, as an individual. Because when it comes down to using it, they're thinking, how does this apply to me? How am I going to use this? Well, health is always personal. <laughs> yes. What is the it? Two personal? ways around that. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so then uh, it sounds like you've grown into a few other products then. I mean, even alluded to kidnapping earlier. Like how many, how many different products or covers are included to really feel you've got everything? Is there anything you know, left when, that, you're, that you're trying to move towards? Yeah, I mentioned that when I was saying the different things that I represented on the broker side in years past. But uh, in our non-insured stack of, of benefits, which is a key element of our tech stack, mm-hmm. uh, one of the next features that we'll be adding in is the K&R, Kidnap and Ransom, consulting fees that mm-hmm. will be built into that membership. Because right now we get you out of harm's way uh, for mm-hmm. part of that one-year membership whether that's a hurricane, cyclone, forest fires in Northern California, or um, political unrest or terrorism. So those things mm-hmm. are, are available to you, even if you have a 10-day policy with us. Those non-insured benefits, yep. getting you into the airport lounge, getting a VPN on your phone, the things that you can utilize, mm-hmm. those are coming to you for mm-hmm. 12 months. So we're providing a lot of value w- with a product that people feel like they're not going to utilize. And that's, that's where the K&R comes in is because we have more and more demand for, for that with folks who are free to work from anywhere. And the employers yeah. are saying, uh, that's, they're not sitting in Des Moines or Austin anymore. Let's, let's have yeah. that built in. Okay. So then are you specialized? Are you targeting people who are traveling to more mm, troubled regions? No, but a troubled okay. region is subjective. When someone looks at Rio de Janeiro, they may view that as troubled. Not me, because <laughs> I've spent years there, but yeah. uh, it's, it's in the eye of the, the insured of what okay. the level of risk. So we're, we're building in features that, that are essential for this lifestyle. And that's, that is what's missing because everyone is focused strictly on medical and utilization is mm-hmm. low. The customer knows it. The insured knows it. And adding these, the ancillary benefits that are so solid are what's getting the attention of, of the brokerage community and, and actually the consumer as well. Travel technology is mm-hmm. the big piece. And I'd love to take a little yeah. diversion there into travel technology. about travel technology. Yes. So that is within our app, our native apps. We've got a, a button you can hit. It hits our Insured Nomads Global Assistance. And whether that's in our Europe, 
call center or our North America call center, ready to assist. And with GOIP tracking, even if you have that turned off and you hit that button, our team knows where you are so we can get boots on the ground, whether that's local emergency or specialist to respond to you. But on a much more applicable and easier application, I'd like to introduce a Google Chrome extension to all, to all the listeners that I think yep. we can all use. And it's an acquisition we just announced. I was going to say. Uh, recently. Heard recently. You had an acquisition recently. Yes. I literally so, announced this month, dude. Yes. So that check it out. At, it's called Peanut. Trypeanut.com. And it's a Google Chrome extension. It's uh, the technology behind it, the data that's been scraped and integrated is there's nothing like it. Uh, it's, it's able to be used on Google Travel, on Expedia, on Booking.com, and you'll be able to see when the hotel was renovated last. I was in Montreal recently, and I before I booked the hotel, I checked it out using Peanut. It's like that hotel was renovated 13 years ago, and I'm going to spend 500 bucks a night. Hmm. I chose somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> but to be able to see the safety of the place, whether or not insurance is, re- is required at entry, uh, whether or not hmm. a visa is, because over 20 countries yeah. require proof of insurance now. Mm-hmm. So showing whether or not a visa is required or the COVID status. If vaccination is is uh, proof of vaccination is is required mm-hmm. to enter a country or a positive uh, negative test, etc. So that's trypeanut.com. That's that's an exciting aspect. We're going to keep keep uh, improving and innovating within that. It's many of you have used Chrome extensions like Honey for savings when you're making purchases, and just think of this as. You know, the extension for travel when instead of making a purchase, you're you're getting that data, that intel that you need for a smart yeah. and safe. Well, I'm looking at the website right now. It says travel rules simplified and rules yes. is right. Um, going all over the place. <laughs> I'm headed to Berlin mm-hmm. tomorrow and then on to Amsterdam on Tuesday for the DIA conference. DIA. And yes. yeah, my, my third trip to Europe this year, plus one to Tel Aviv. And there's... Um, you're always going through this. Uh, last time, let's see, I was booked to, I was going to Tel Aviv through Germany and I was leaving on, I think Friday. So I had to get, um, a PCR COVID test to get into Tel Aviv, you know, for 48 hours out. So I get that. And then immediately after we learned that Germany just added a new rule that you have to have one within 24 hours out. So literally the next day I had to go get a PCR test <laughs> because the one right. I just got was within the 48 hour window, but not within 24 hour window. And Germany just made the rule, even though I was not even going to go through immigration in Germany, mm-hmm. it was just for the layover. Yeah. So even on these short trips, there's a lot to know as you go, but when you're doing this long term, spending months in a country, tax liability comes in. Mm-hmm. And so within our, Oh our wow. Native apps, I thought about that. Yeah. This, this is a right. layover. <laughs> yeah. So the tech within our tech stack, you know, you're you're able to get money back if your flights are delayed and the government owes you money or the airline does. Mm-hmm. We help you get that back. Uh, we alert you if yeah. you've stayed in a country long enough to owe them taxes. Uh, yeah. uh, just all these things mm-hmm. that 
that are vital for this lifestyle, whether you're just doing this occasionally or long-term. Okay. So what portion of the insured in your, maybe you don't know, maybe anecdotally, uh, of your insured are traveling because they are being posted there, positioned there for work versus they're just able to work remotely and um, you know, YOLOing the heck out of this thing? Right. I so wish we could ask 30 questions when someone's purchasing, but that's the last thing the customer wants is to have those many more clicks, you know? So uh, that's, there's a lot of data that we'll, we'd love to be gathering, Mm. but unless it's coming through HR or through a broker that is presenting the RFP, we don't have a lot of that information. So it's, it will be, um, we anticipate it'll be about 30% from the Uh, 30% will be, Required to relocate for their work or 30% are doing it of their own? Right. 30% probably required. Required. Okay. And many of the others are doing it because they're enabled or they're empowered to work where they want. And that may be Mm -hmm. saying instead of a seven-day trip to to Mexico, they're going to stay for three weeks because they can keep working and just get an Airbnb. Okay. And I see here... um, According to your LinkedIn, you started working on this in October 2019. Correct. Um, wow, that's some interesting timing. I mean, I yes. had I personally relocated. I'm in my home office right now. Um, we've gone full remote. How many other companies you know, have done the same? Uh, and then international expansion comes from there quite readily. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can, if you can be remote, like you know, be remote. And of course, we're Correct. a global company. As, as are you, um, mm-hmm. this, the demand has to just be exploding here. It is, it is the pipeline. The demand is more than we can handle at the time. Luckily, um, I got to meet a couple of the folks we were interviewing yesterday for, for growth mm-hmm. and a lot of good, good labor available right now within our space, at least. Um, uh, it was about four, four months before pandemic was declared when we mm-hmm. started. So yeah. well, that, pandemic must have like killed it at first. Like people are flying anywhere. It's like travel lockdown. So that means no purchases, except yeah. it put people in lockdown and they realized, Hey, I've been living without insurance. I go on these trips without mm-hmm. insurance and now there's a pandemic. I should get global health insurance instead of mm-hmm. insurance for a trip. Cause people who are living on travel insurance as a long-term lifestyle solution, which that product was never designed for more than a short trip. Hmm. So do it, making that shift over to comprehensive health insurance yeah. for the international lifestyle or an annual multi-trip, you know, that, that began happening more and more. So talk, talk me through the, um, the, the kind of the ups and downs of lockdown. I just have to imagine as a roller coaster, it's like everything you think, you know, the way the world's working, just like the rest of us. And then right. <laughs> lockdown, no one's traveling. And then everyone is getting, you know, fleeing major cities and moving to Austin, Texas and Montana and Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, and now travel's opening up. Um, the I mean, my I've never seen tickets so expensive as my trip to um, Europe next week, um, tomorrow to next Friday. Um, I'm kind of curious from your perspective. 
take us through that roller coaster. Yeah, from vendors that laid everyone off when we were trying to build mm-hmm. out, saying, okay, let's pick this up in six months. Like, wait, no. You know, we're we're contracted with you. We have a deadline. We want to get this built. And of course, all mm-hmm. of us hoping the pandemic would pass a lot faster than it would and lockdowns yeah. would be lifted sooner. And revenue would come in faster. And and luckily during those seasons, everyone was aware that, okay, this is going to pass. So raising was successful. And that was a good season for raising. Uh, it actually is now mm-hmm. too, since a lot of people have a lot of dry powder to, to invest still. Yeah. Uh, so we that probably like should dive recently. into that. For the record, yeah. everyone should know this is late June. <laughs> and you just said it's a great time to raise. It's, you know, it depends on what you're building. Uh, I was, I was in person last week uh, in, in New York. I think we were, we were both there for, for a conference or two and, and a VC was saying, you know, we've, we've waited out and we have this enough dry powder and we like what we see and mm-hmm. we're ready. So, and yep. I'm, I'm getting that more and more of folks that they're not raising money to invest. They've already got mm-hmm. it. They've had it. They've had the exits. Yeah. And they're not trying to raise a new fund. Yeah. They're solid. Of course, that's the folks Mm -hmm. you're ideally looking for anyway. So I'm happy with that. But yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean, how much, how many funds have been raised the last couple of years? It's been, Mm -hmm. there's, (laughs) to say, a lot of dry powder. Yes. So there's a lot they do have to spend it they're going to perhaps lengthen the window across which they spend it which makes right. the average you know monthly spend or monthly investment dollars down um but the um the capital remains to deploy it does it certainly does and that's that gives us a lot of optimism since we have the pipeline to fulfill because everyone is aware that there's the pent-up demand. People are going to the conferences. People are ready to relocate. Mm-hmm. People are ready to sell their house and and try a new location. And that's yeah. that means they're ready and for the us. conferences have been nuts. Right? I mean, I saw you at uh, where was it I saw you? Was it uh, in, in Shurtuck Insights, New York? Yes, that was the last one, I think. And then um, or McDermott. Intratech something no okay yeah it was Intratech yeah that was, that was where, where I saw you yeah. yeah I think I've done I mean I did uh, that on ramp Intratech Insights London there, there've been the conferences have been on tear the Reuters yes. in Chicago and then headed to DIA next mm-hmm. week and I'm sure there's others I'm not that I'm that is slipping my mind and the um, the attendance seems to be pretty strong at those it has I mean the past it's been like you know ITC and like everything else. Mm-hmm. ITC and tiny <laughs> stuff. And right. um, I can only imagine how big ITC is going to be this year. I mean, I remember last year, there were some big insurers that pulled out and it was still huge and a success, even with people wearing masks all over the place and, and whatnot. Right. Yeah, I was I was there and shocked that in September of last year, we'd have, what, 4,000. So I imagine this year we'll, we'll be at 7,000. Yeah. So what do you look to get out of a conference like that? You know, we usually, we usually meet folks who are, are looking for a new product to mm. embed in their ecosystem. And okay. not just a, a new product, but something that's up to this generation. So that's, that's one of the biggest aspects. Last time, we ended up uh, signing contracts with a couple of integration providers that we put into our tech stack. 
uh, Air Doctor being one of those that will be at DIA okay. along with you. And and so oh, great. I believe we're their first North American con uh, client. Uh, so that's they're a, a okay. really good addition to our suite of great. benefits. Okay. And then speaking of your product, um, you mentioned you, you transitioned from just being a broker, a, you know, a white labeling broker to having your own product. Mm -hmm. um, if you could, what, what are some of the things that made your product uh, unique or why? What is different than what you're able to white label? The solutions that have been around mm -hmm. are the pay and chase. Unless you're in a hospital long enough for a guarantee of payment and wire directly to the hospital. But mm -hmm. if you're skiing in the Alps and break your arm, that's you're not going to be in the hospital for days. So you're paying yeah. that on your credit card, filing mm -hmm. those documents. And by the time you've done all that, you actually cost yourself more, that, more in time than the reimbursement half the time. Mm -hmm. So one of our biggest challenges is making that easy. So what we've done By is easy, you mean fast is what I'm is what I'm hearing. Fast. You've got to get that out yes. fast. Right. I mean, easy too. But right. speed sounds so that, like it's the real key. Right. So that means connecting it to a payment card that can be in your Apple wallet. And if it's a global health insurance, we'll give you a plastic card if you want one more plastic card in your in your leather wallet as well or your purse. So it's one of those things where making it simple to pay for the care without having to chase for reimbursement. And we can do that through a payment card that we've deployed or through our in-app, just snap pictures of the documents, your proof of payment, enter in your bank info, and it is simply deposited. So the, that's one of the major pain points. But the second is that, you know, how many times have you gone on these international trips you didn't get sick, didn't go to a hospital, and you feel like, man, I just wasted money on insurance again. So hmm. that's where we're giving that VPN. So that I never felt so sad to not get go to a hospital, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Who's who's ever sad about staying Only healthy? Only insurer right? could think that right. way. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where again. right. But it's one of those things where people so many times feel like, oh, man, I never use travel insurance. I'm just not going to get it this time. And yeah. they feel like it, it's I get no benefit out of this. Would we really mm -hmm. think that way if it was our car? Of course not. Well, there's a law law on that well, requiring. There's it. a law. That, but, yeah. right. I think a lot of people would, unfortunately, <laughs> and it's terrifying. I mean, right. you spend time in Africa. You, you look at the difference between Kenya and Nigeria in terms of their uh, penetration or auto insurance, and it's at mm -hmm. least double in Kenya because it's required by law. In Nigeria, at least last I checked, maybe it's changed now, yeah. not required by law. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't as much, or at least it newly was. Mm -hmm. But even so then, there's a black market for certificates. <laughs> yeah, yes. So it's providing, other than making it easy to use, the... Mm -hmm. Other aspect is providing a lot of value beyond medical. That's that's our main focus. Yeah. The the benefits beyond the insurance that stick with you after your policy ends. Also, hmm. those okay. have been the driving forces and and a white glove level of treatment to where you can reach us. Yes, hmm. all you have to do is fax it in. I'm kidding. 
Uh, you can reach us through Telegram, WhatsApp, through our online chat on our sites, through our apps. And it's not the antiquated insurance that everyone's used to with fax it in or, hey, our PDF is now fillable. No, let's go ahead and make it easy and so people can talk to us. All right. Well, this being MGA Founders Podcast, I'm curious for um, in those early days when you're just getting going, um, I guess I'm looking for an anecdote or two. What was something you learned in the process of going from zero to brokering those white label products? The platform you use for quoting, binding, the provider that you contract with mm -hmm. for that is essential in finding a partner to build that out in an efficient manner. I think that's mm. the, the biggest takeaway from those first two years is mm. make wise decisions. Okay. And that's well. not easy when I think we, our team vetted 14 different providers back in mm -hmm. starting in late 2019 through 20, just going through mm -hmm. provider after provider of, oh, we're no code, we're low code, we're yep. we're this, and and we can do it for you for 1.3 million. And, and you're thinking, okay, I haven't, haven't even raised yet. So it's, mm -hmm. a, uh, it's a unique journey, but that's the biggest, yeah. I think, when you're, yep. when you're doing that is, is making the right choice. Yeah. Okay. Well, certainly tech is something we think about quite a bit, <laughs> certainly. Um, let's see. So then um, you were certainly a citizen of the world or have been for quite a while. Yes. Uh, I guess I'm wondering from there, we have you know quite a variety of people listening here. Um, what, what do you have to share in terms of, I don't know, what are some gems people not, might not have thought of, of places to, to visit? Or, or places to live. You could you could put this multiple ways. Where's the best? Where's the most underrated place to spend a week? And where's the most underrated place to spend like three months? Okay, I, that's a I love the question because the world is my playground, not just as a country, but as myself. Mm -hmm. My wife and I are dreaming of okay, empty empty nest in a few years. Where are we going to relocate? Where are we going to live? Uh, or where are we going to spend a season here mm -hmm. and there? And with couple of acquisitions we have in the works, it would be, you know, we're dreaming of different countries. One of the ones that comes out though, that I think of to suggest is spend three weeks in the country of Andorra. Hmm. It, it is an, a European country in the Pyrenees that I had never heard of till about 20 plus years ago, exploring, had my hired my rented car and driving out of Barcelona. And mm -hmm. it snowed, the roads closed. And we actually had to ask, where are we? Because it was a different language. It wasn't Spanish. It wasn't French. Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, and all, it was the first week of April and ski season was over and hotels were closed. Mm -hmm. We found a five-star resort that said, we're closed, but we'll let you stay here. We'd like mm -hmm. to go back for three weeks. And I recommend it for anybody. The food is great. The people are are so so kind and hospitable that's one of them the yeah. i would put i didn't say I mean, I mean, i'm embarrassed to say i literally had to look it up 
<laughs> like, yeah. what is this? You give me hints. You're talking about Spain, Spanish, and French. It's right there on the on the border, right. and the whole country is all of about. It looks like 15 miles by 15 miles, or something like that. Yeah, but it takes a while to get through it because it's in the Pyrenees Mountains. Oh yeah, yeah. so it is. It is beautiful and highly recommend it for one of those short stays. It's kind of hard to get citizenship there since it's uh, they're protecting their culture. About sixty-five thousand yeah. residents, I believe. Many probably don't actually reside there. But if I were going to go on the longer yeah. term, I would say spend time. Luxembourg in just looks monstrous to this thing, right? <laughs> it's like this, yeah. Luxembourg is a monster. <laughs> You're right. So you weren't All expecting right. that. For a longer answer, trip, right? yeah, longer trip. I would say northern South Africa, north of Joburg. Okay, one of the small towns. Find a manor house. A, uh, you know, I wouldn't say a, um, a lodge, but one of those places. Mm-hmm. All right. So just south of Johannesburg, I'm like, are we talking? Um, I'm sorry, north of Johannesburg. Yeah. Um, Pretoria is right there. I mean, like how far from, you know, Botswana, Zimbabwe are we talking? Now, I, you know, there's a little town uh, called Hootspurit. Uh, it's H-O-E-D-S-P-R-U-I-T. Lovely little town of, yeah. you know, three or four thousand people. And, you know, the Afrikaners and the local okay. host are wonderful, beautiful manor homes there. The, the Rhino Sanctuary. You know, finding something doesn't have to be that town. But some of those wonderful places, it's yeah. one of the overlooked places I definitely recommend a longer stay. Yeah. Fantastic. That's more in the Mozambique direction. Very cool. So last question, um, just for, for our listeners out there. Tell us, is there anything that, um, anything you're looking for in terms of partnerships, people you're looking to hire? Um, what sort of listener would you like to have contact you and how can they find you? You know, we're working with brokers, the, the likes of Gallagher, One Digital and others. We're looking for select brokers to represent our products all around the world. Mm-hmm. And then embedded uh, opportunities. Uh, Marble Pay is one of the latest mm-hmm. that has yep. us in their environment. And uh, there's some... So, People are looking to add another product. Uh, we're API ready, of, of course, as most companies are these days. And uh, that the offerings we have are, are very competitive. And that's the type of partner we're looking to speak with. I'd love to love to hear from yeah. listeners. Yeah. Any recruiting? We always need engineers. Yes. Everyone needs yes. engineers. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we're looking to hire developers, programmers, engineers. And, and growth, travel. growth growth staff, folks who are multilingual, folks who can handle the the cross border uh, clients we have. Speaking of cross border, then um, where are your employees allowed to live? Anywhere, of course. Anywhere. So, and it's much easier for us to provide benefits if they can if they're working outside their home country. Okay, so um, if you. Um, but I say this again, Hoodsprout. Yes. This town? Close enough. Close enough. Because okay. I probably butchered it also. But yeah. stick with Endora. So if you want, Endora for your next getaway. Definitely. Endora? Check it out. Yep. Yes. So if you want to um if you want to 
reinvent travel insurance from the town of Hoodsprout, then Andrew's the man to talk to. And I'm sure you can, people can find you on LinkedIn or um, where can they find you? Uh, any social media, it's Andrew Jernigan at Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. My name is, is my handle. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for the time. It's been great chatting with you. Likewise, Dan, this has been fun. We hope you enjoyed this episode of MGA Founders Podcast, brought to you by Socotra, the policy administration system modern enough to power today's most innovative insurtechs. Visit Socotra.com forward slash MGA to see why more insurtechs trust Socotra than any other core platform. You'll find links to future episodes in today's show notes. Thank you for listening and make sure to subscribe and help us out with a review.